Lord, we thank you this morning that you are Emmanuel, God with us. Lord, and we thank you for this incredible opportunity this morning to gather as your church, to gather as your children, together as a church family, Lord, to remind our hearts of the power of the story of your birth. Lord, and I pray this morning that Holy Spirit, that you would speak to each one of us something fresh, something new, something that you know that our hearts need to hear from you this morning. Lord, we pray for the presence of the King himself to be made manifest around us this morning. Lord, we have not come for anything other than your presence. That is the reason why we gather. And so this morning, Lord, we ask Holy Spirit, come and have your way. Be the leader in this service. Come and have your way among us. Come and dwell among your people this morning. Speak a word loudly into our spirits, Lord, into the depths of our being. In the name of Jesus, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. All right, church, so this morning, the word that I've prepared, I really prayed and I said, Lord, what do I share on the Christmas service where traditionally, and I think, you know, most of us, when we think about the Christmas service, we immediately go to Matthew 1 and we go to Luke 1 and we go and remind our hearts and we go and read the story of the birth of Jesus again. And I do that every year, but every year I ask the Lord, especially because I usually bring the word this time of the year, but also because for my own heart, I don't want to get familiar or think I know everything there is to know about the story of the birth of Jesus. So every year I ask the Lord, Lord, can you share something new to my heart? Open up the word to me. Open up this story again so that I see something new, maybe something I never knew before. Or maybe a revelation about you that I've never known before. And so last year when I prayed that prayer, the Lord had me zoned in. I think we spoke about it last year or the year before, I can't remember, but about the shepherds and about the whole story of Jesus' birth from the perspective of the shepherds and how the Lord usually uses the people that society would often disregard. Society would often think, oh, they're just the shepherds. They're the lowliest of the lowliest. They are the outcasts of society. And the powerful thing about Jesus is that he usually goes for the people that the world rejects to do some of the greatest things on the earth today. And that's what he did with the shepherds. He used the outcasts of that day society to be the bearers of good news to the entire world. And I just thought that was phenomenal. And so that had me busy all year last year thinking about the shepherds and thinking about that powerful lesson. And this year when I prayed and I said, Lord, what do we share at Christmas? The only phrase that kept coming up in my heart and kept coming up in my mind was Emmanuel, God with us. Emmanuel, God with us. And I feel like sometimes that could also be like, oh, you know, it's on every Christmas card. It's in every Christmas carol. But today, I believe God actually wants to deposit a new revelation of that truth into every heart here this morning. And the more I start to study this, the more I realize the depth of believing and understanding that God the Savior, the King of the universe, is actually with me every single day. 
nie net in die kerstseisoen, wanneer ons lekker jingle bells sing nie, every single day, in every single season. And not just is he with me, and we're going to go into depth to that this morning, but he is also for me. And the Lord took me to this place of understanding that the fruit of Christmas, this beautiful story of Jesus coming, and I'm not going to go into the, all the reasons Jesus came. There are many powerful reasons Jesus came to earth. But the Bible says that he also came to dwell among us. There's no other religion where the God came to dwell among his people and among his worshipers, to become one of us so that he can show us who the Father is, so that he can relate to us, so that he can restore us into the presence of the Father again. And so this morning, I'm going to preach about Christmas, but I'm going to preach about the presence of God. Because I believe if we understand and if we begin to cultivate a hunger and a seriousness to pursue the presence of God, our lives will be transformed from the inside out. We will walk in the ways that the apostles walked in the New Testament. We will see this nation shaken and changed for Jesus Christ. We will see awakening and revival in our families if we begin to understand and get a revelation of the presence of God that is available to us today because of Jesus, because of that baby being born. So is it okay if we don't just recite the normal Christmas story this morning and we go deep? Is anyone ready to go deep with the Lord this morning? Amen. Come on. All right. So I want to read this scripture, Matthew 1.23, and we all know this. Matthew 1.23, and it says this. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, this phrase, Emmanuel, this name Emmanuel, is actually only repeated three times in Scripture. Did you know that? Just three times in Scripture, Matthew 1, 23 is the only place in the New Testament. But then there was a prophecy in the book of Isaiah, if we go back to the Old Testament. And I'm going to read that for us as well. It's in Isaiah 7, 14. And if you are following that great Bible app, the notes are also on there and the Scriptures are in there. If you want to remind yourself afterwards, Isaiah 7, 14, and it says, all right then, the Lord himself will give you the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child, and she will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, this was a prophecy by Isaiah that, that God the Father gave to the prophet to give to the king of Judah in that time, and this prophecy if you go and study this prophecy in depth, it's actually amazing that this prophecy had a twofold manifestation. It had a twofold meaning to it. The first one was there was actually a baby born in the time of King Judah as a sign from the Lord to say that he will come and I will deliver you from the hand of your oppressors. That was the first one to the King of Judah. But then 700 years later, Jesus came and Jesus was born, and he fulfilled the messianic prophecy of this prophecy, that he will be the deliverer of all people of all time. So it's such a profound word, a prophetic word, and we know that, you know, when your name has a prophetic meaning attached to it. How many times in the Bible did the Lord change people's names because of the prophetic meaning 
Meaning, in other words, if I call you by name and your name, like Johannes's name means grace, then I am prophesying grace over him and over the meaning of his name every day of his life. So me, names have power. We know that. But as I looked at this name and as I meditated on this name, Emmanuel, God with us, and Lord, what is the, what is the deeper meaning that I'm trying to understand out of this? The Lord reminded me of this fact that Christmas... This particular time, the way that we have structured our years, and it's often a time where we go on holiday, where families come together, is probably one of the most loneliest times for many people. Amen? I'm sure many of us, some of us in this room, you find yourself among people, but you feel alone. Who's ever felt alone? My hand's up. You can be among people but you can feel alone. You can feel like you're the only one in your world, the only one in your situation. And literally, this is what the Lord reminded my heart of. Maybe you are physically alone. Maybe you've been trusting the Lord for a marriage partner for a long time. I walked that journey for a long season. And the Christmases and the times where everyone comes together can just be a reminder of your longing for something more. Maybe you are abandoned by those you once loved, or maybe some of us have lost someone to death, and that means we feel alone. We miss that person's presence in our life. Maybe we feel like we have no friends, or everyone has someone but me. Maybe we are not physically alone, but maybe we're emotionally alone. Maybe we're carrying a burden that we've never shared with anyone else because of various reasons. Now we feel alone because we're carrying this burden by ourselves. No one knows the burden that I'm carrying. Maybe we feel emotionally alone because we're walking with a heartache and a pain that we haven't shared with anyone. Maybe we feel like there is an issue in our life that we are the only one in the entire world that struggles with that issue. So we feel emotionally alone. Maybe mentally we feel alone because we don't believe that anyone loves us or cares for us. Maybe it's just been a tough three years, COVID and all of this, and now we get to this season and we feel like it's just us and we feel like the Lord is far away and we can't sense his presence. And it's against that background that I feel like the Lord wants to remind some people this morning that I am with you. You are never alone. And it's not just a scripture we preach. It is a reality and a truth that I pray the Lord would make manifest to us in our hearts this morning. The presence of God finds its greatest expression in the name Emmanuel. In the name Emmanuel that God is with us. And I want to take us into this place this morning that who of us can really say, and I'm going to talk about the various aspects of God's presence, but who of us can say that the presence of God the manifest, tangible presence of God is a reality in our everyday life. It's not true for everyone. We, theologically, we know that God is here. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. But experientially, we don't know where he is. Does that make sense this morning? Am I expressing myself correctly? You know what I'm saying. It's head knowledge, but it's not necessarily heart knowledge. That is a reality for many people. We talk to many people, pray with many people, 
And the number one question we probably get asked on a weekly basis is, but where is the Lord? Where is the Lord in my situation? And the truth is, He is with you. The question is, have I learned how to recognize the Lord's presence? Have I implemented something in my life to pursue the presence of the Lord beyond a Sunday morning church service? Because this is beautiful. This is us pursuing the presence of the Lord. And let me just, before I run ahead of myself, let me just say this. I pray that Christmas this year will not just be a time of presence, but of His presence. Tweet that. Who still has Twitter? Does anyone still use Twitter? Okay, not in Namibia. But I pray that it will not just be a time of presence, but of His presence. And I actually pray the same prayer that Moses prayed, Lord, and I think I've said this for the entire year when we've trusted the Lord for this new building in this next season. I'm still praying that for 2023. Lord, if your presence, your manifest, tangibly felt presence does not go with us, please do not even let us go there. Because if we're not going to pursue the presence of God, I don't actually know what we are going to be busy with. Joshua, I preached about him about a few weeks ago. He stayed in the tent of the Lord's presence. The Apostle Paul said, my earnest heart longing is to know the Lord and His presence, to know Him intimately. And I believe that is the fruit of Christmas, is that God's presence is there, accessible for us. But do we know how to pursue His presence? Do we know how to experience His presence beyond just theologically knowing that, yes, it's a truth that God is with us. That's what the Bible says. Amen? There's three elements, or shall we say, yeah, elements to God's presence. First of all, there's God's omnipresence, okay? So we know omnipresence, that means God is present all the time, all around us, every single day. God is everywhere around us, amen? We know that, we understand that. Number two is His indwelling presence. His indwelling presence, when you and I become believers, when we become born again, so this is not for everybody. When you are born, you are born a sinner. You are not born a born-again believer. Amen? The Bible says we were all born short of the glory of God in our sin. So we first have to accept what Jesus Christ has done on the cross. And then when we receive, we become a child of God, we receive His Holy Spirit. We receive the indwelling Spirit of our God. So that means He's in us. That's why we experience His presence because all of us, if we are born again, we carry the presence of God. Everywhere we go, He is with us. He guides us. He leads us. But then there is a third element, a third characteristic of God's presence. And this is what I feel strongly in my heart that I believe God wants to, I'm even going to talk further about it next week, that He wants to break open for us in terms of understanding and knowing how to pursue it. It is His manifest presence. His manifest presence. Manifest means clear or obvious to the eye or the mind. In other words, that is a place where I recognize His presence is with me, where I perceive His presence, sometimes in a very tangible way, even physically tangible I'm talking about. Who's ever sat in church and you feel like for some reason, you're not sad, you're not, you know, nothing has happened, but when the worship starts, you just feel like crying. You can't help yourself. The tears just 
are coming out of nowhere. That is you responding to the manifest presence of the Lord. Amen. Sometimes it feels like a weight. Have you ever felt a weight? And it's different for everybody. There's no rule book. There's no guideline. All of us experience the Lord in different ways. And the Lord chooses how he wants to manifest himself to us in any given situation. But I remember even on our wedding day, when our pastor prayed for us and our family laid hands on us and prayed for us, we felt a tangible literally weight of the Lord. I remember my knees felt weak and like I just, it's those times where you feel like you can't stand. There is a physical weight. You can't see it, but you can feel it that comes upon you. That is the manifest presence of the Lord. Sometimes it might be something like answered prayer. You've been praying and praying and praying and something happens and literally it feels like a breakthrough is coming. Something breaks open, something happens, you experience something, you experience an answer to prayer or a change in your life that you never experienced before, that is God's manifest presence in your life. And the Holy Spirit is the one that will train us and will help us to open our spiritual eyes and open our spiritual ears and the eyes of our heart to understand, to perceive, to recognize His manifest presence around us. And I believe that is God's heart for every one of his children. Amen? It's God's heart that we pursue him in that place of his presence. Because the Bible says that in his presence, there is fullness of joy. In his presence, there is peace. In his presence, there is wisdom, leadership, counsel, comfort that we will find nowhere else. And many times people say, but why do I feel this way on Sundays, but Monday when I get home, I feel completely different. It is because we experience the manifest presence here, but God also wants to manifest himself in your room at home. God also wants to manifest himself in traffic. Hallelujah. This was the reality in a prayer for me in Cape Town, hour and a half to work. Thank you, Jesus. Three hours a day was a normal day in traffic. You sought the presence of the Lord. I mean... But I want to read you this scripture. Let's have a look at John 14, verse 21. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn there this morning because this is a very good scripture. John 14, verse 21. Jesus is speaking and he says this. The person who has my commands and keeps them is the one who really loves me. And whoever really loves me will be loved by my Father. And I too will love him and will show, reveal, manifest myself to him. I will let myself be clearly seen by him and make myself real to him. That is a powerful scripture right there. The Lord doesn't say, if I feel like it, maybe, maybe not. He says, I will manifest myself to my children. I will show myself real to them in any given situation. If they love me and follow my commandments and seek after me, the Lord says in the Old Testament, if my people will humble themselves and seek my face, my face is a different word for his manifest presence. God wants us to seek his presence. That is, to me, the fruit of Christmas is that 
Jesus came to dwell among us, to reconnect us to the presence of God, to be the presence among us. He's not a distant God. He's not a God that has forgotten about us. He's calling us deeper. Amen. He's calling us into a place in his presence where all things are possible, where depression has to go and joy replaces depression. A spirit of joy for a garment, a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. Amen. Peace above all understanding instead of anxiety, fear, and constant stress and worries and anxiousness and panic attacks and all the way good. It's in his presence that he wants to draw us in. That word manifest in the strongs means to appear, to come to view, to reveal, to exhibit, to make visible, to present oneself to another, and to make known. And what's really beautiful, if you want to mark, if you want to mark something to go and read this week, or maybe even tonight, to remember this word, because this is a word that I believe is going to carry us into this year, go and read the entire chapter of John 14. Because just before that, Jesus promises them the Holy Spirit. He says, I'm physically present with you now, but I am going back home to prepare a home for you. He gives them the promise of eternity. He gives them that hope Jock spoke about this morning. We don't serve a dead God. There's actually an eternity in his presence that awaits us. That's why death here on earth is short-term. It's short-term. There is life evermore for those who believe in Jesus. And he says, I'm going back to the Father to prepare a place for you where we will be together forever, but I'm sending my presence. I'm sending my Holy Spirit to be with you because he will be your counselor every day. He will be your joy. He will be your guide. He will be your teacher. He will be your leader and your presence every day, and he will make me known to you. I think that is so powerful. And I remember the first time this was really a reality to me. I've always known, I grew up in a Christian home, I've always known that God is with us, you know, Sunday school, you know all of that stuff. But I gave my heart to the Lord, I had an incredible encounter in church, where I literally felt God's presence for the first time. I didn't know what it was. My fear went, you know, it disappeared. I was healed from panic attacks and anxiety and all these different things. But I still had many things in my soul in my, of my childhood that were still hurt, that were still wounds in my soul, my heart, my emotions, that God wanted to heal. And, you know, the Lord doesn't always want to use your pastor and the church. He does, but not always. The Lord also wants to be our pastor directly. He is the great shepherd. And our hearts as pastors is to guide and to teach the sheep of the flock to let Jesus be your first pastor. Jesus has to be our first shepherd before any human ever can. I mean, there is actually only one shepherd in Jesus' name. And I remember I had a lot of pain and a lot of... Um, what is the word in English? I struggled with abandonment, fear of abandonment, because my dad died when I was six years old, when I was a little girl. I got saved in my late 20s. And so in every relationship, whenever I would break up with someone or a relationship would end, even friendships, I would have this intense, intense pain and anxiety and panic thinking I'm going to be alone forever. 
So this message was really a revelation that God had to really make truth. I had to make this a revelation in my own heart in order to be whole in my marriage today, be whole in relationships today, and to stand in the calling that God had for me. And I remember everyone always at church spoke about the presence of God. And to me, it was just this hypothetical idea. I'm very practical, so I don't even like a sermon that's all up there, but I don't know how to apply it. I don't know how to make it mine. I don't know how to access it. I can say, do not. Okay? Don't give me some theory. Tell me, give me an action plan. Give me a strategy. Give me a tick box. And I remember the Lord doesn't really work with tick boxes. Okay, so I really struggled with this in my first, you know, journey with the Lord as a new believer. And I remember one night I was just sitting, I was living by myself in a one-bedroom flat. And I was on my bed and it was a time, I can't remember if there was a breakup or what was involved, but I felt very alone. I'll never forget that night. I felt alone. I had a lot of friends, but I felt completely alone. And I said, Jesus, I remember praying this prayer, and I said, Jesus, I want to know your presence the way people speak about it. I want to know your presence like Moses knew your presence. I want to know your presence like Joshua knew your presence. I want to know your presence as if like the disciples that walked with you on earth like, I want to know that you're really here. I want to know that you're in this room, in this one-bedroom flat with me. And I will never forget it. I was just, I had my worship on, and I was just crying and talking to the Lord. And the Lord gave me a vision. I don't really, I'm not really someone that gets a lot of visions, literally in your spirit, mind's eye, that you see something. But that night, the Lord gave me a vision, and he showed me a picture of me as a six-year-old little girl in front of my dad's uh, clothing cupboard. And it was the day of my dad's funeral. And because we were so young, my brother was four, I was six, we didn't go to the funeral. We stayed at home with someone else that looked after us. But I remember standing in front of my dad's closet, and I was, as a six-year-old, taking off his clothes off the hanger. Hanger. Is that right, right? Hanger. And my concern was, what are we going to do with the clothing? That was my concern at six years old. Immediately, I took on a responsibility to cope with pain. I took on a little task to cope with the pain that I felt in my heart, the confusion, the fear, the abandonment. And the Lord spoke to me. I will never, ever forget it. And it was a huge revelation to my heart. And the Lord said, I was there on that day. I am here today. And I have always been with you. And I'm telling you, that experience that night on my bed changed my life. It changed my understanding of the Lord. It changed my relationship with Jesus. It changed the courage and the confidence I had to believe the promises of the word. To not just think that it's something awesome that someone else is preaching, but to believe that that word is also for me. And you know, God started working this journey, and it was like layers and layers of pain and healing came over my soul. And from that day, I can remember specific times. Our wedding day was one of those days. Many times, even we were, I'll never forget it, we were in Mozambique for an outreach. And we had an off day on the outreach. It, re it was really a fancy outreach, not like our Devundu outreaches. <laughs> That's rough. Okay, we were on this beautiful tropical island in Mozambique, in Inamban, and, and we rented four-wheelers for the day. What name you Four-wheelers, ne? And so, yeah, quad bikes. 
And so we were on these quad bikes, and there were children in the villages running around, and we were just like, this is so awesome. Let's serve Jesus with everything we had. And the Lord stopped me in that moment. I felt his presence on this bike, and everyone was going ahead of me. And I remember in this village, under these beautiful palm trees, and I felt the Lord say, will you give everything to me? Will you serve me with everything? Because in that stage, I was praying, Lord, I want to work for you full time. Lord, I want to work for the church. Lord, I want to be the receptionist at church. I will be the cleaner, whatever. I just want to work for church, in church. I don't want to be in the corporate world. And the Lord said, there is a cost to following me. Will you give me everything? And the Lord wrecked me on that outreach, and I had to think about it. What does everything mean? What does everything mean? Even when Johannes and I broke up, I thought I was going to marry him. I was devastated. I was like, Lord, but I thought I had a prophetic word. I thought I had a promise. And the Lord said, will you give me everything? Will you give up every dream? The Lord was testing my heart in that moment. But what is the point? We're talking about God's presence. It's not that God doesn't want dreams for us. It's about that's where the Lord shapes and forms us. It's those moments in his presence. So many people ask us, what, I don't know what my calling is. What is God calling me to do? Should I be this? Should I be that? What is my calling? And you know what? Sometimes I say to people, I don't know. I can recognize a gift on your life. I can recognize what God's doing in your life. But you know how the Lord spoke to me about where he wants to take me was times in his presence. Times where it was just me and him. And he spoke to my heart and I knew that I knew. And whenever I would receive a prophetic word, whenever I would receive a word from a pastor or an evangelist or an apostle or whoever, it was only confirming what I heard myself from the Lord in moments of his presence. And that is what I believe the Lord wants to remind us of this morning. He's calling you and me deeper into a place of his presence. And that should be part of our everyday life. That is Christmas every day. Not necessarily presents, but presents. Amen. Why does, God wants to why does God want to manifest his presence to us? Why does he want to do that? Number one, I believe it's because he's a God of love. The reason Jesus came was to restore and reconcile us back to the Father. So that he could be in relationship with us. You know when someone is with you and they are for you and you are in relationship, you get to know one another. God wants to know you. He already knows you, but he wants you to get to know him. In his presence, he wants to reveal his character and his goodness to you specifically. Amen? What happens when we spend time in God's presence, manifest presence? There's so many different things, but I just wanted to highlight three things that I believe he wants to encourage in our hearts this morning. Number one, when we spend time in God's presence, it changes our motives. It changes our attitudes on the inside. It changes our behavior in a way that otherwise would never have happened. When you and I meet with the God of the universe, when we meet with the king of all kings, we will never, ever be the same. And that's why you will have many people professing to be Christians, but there is no change. 
Why? Because they don't pursue the presence of God where change occurs, where His Holy Spirit can minister to our hearts one-on-one. Psalm 16, let's have a look at this. Everyone knows the scripture. Psalm 16, verse 11. You will show me the path of life, and in your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Acts 20 speaks of times of refreshing in the Lord's presence. You know what I've learned? I will quickly recognize in my own life when I get tired emotionally, when I get weary, when I get cranky and irritated. I can give you a guarantee I've not spent time in the Lord's presence. Also, when we prepare for Sundays, I keep saying to our team as well, if I don't have a day where I press into the Lord and into his presence, I cannot come here and bring the word on a Sunday. We can entertain, we can, you know, quote scriptures, but we cannot bring a word from the Lord if I didn't spend time in his presence. And it's the same for you, whatever God is calling you to do. We need time in his presence. I believe that so much of our relational challenges and problems will be solved when we spend more time in the presence of the Lord. Because when I spend time in the presence of the Lord, the Lord will give me strategy. The Lord will change my heart. He'll remove that irrestration, frustration, or anger that I feel towards that person and maybe give me a different perspective. Or maybe release mercy to me so I can receive mercy, so I can give mercy to whoever. It's in those times of His presence. In His presence is... So oftentimes we feel like you face so many decisions these days, like, I don't know what to do, Lord. I need direction. I need clarity. I need wisdom. And I believe the general wisdom in the Word of God is always good to follow. But you know what? A rhema word from the Lord, a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge will not come from just being. It'll come from pursuing Him in His presence. Number two, when we spend time in the manifest presence of the Lord, we will have a greater desire for Him and experience His glory. Is enig iemand anders moog van net Christen speel? Ek sê nie, ons doen dit nie, maar jylle weet wat ek sê. Is anyone here wanting more? You've got an inner desire, Lord, I want to see more of you. I want to experience more of you. I want to see what the Bible says. Ek wil die miracle signs and wonders sien. The Lord says, Come and pursue me in my presence. Paul said this in Philippians 3 verse 10, that he wanted above all, his pursuit was to know God and to know the power of his resurrection. To know God and to know the power of his resurrection. Above all the ministry, above all the great things that he was doing for the Lord, was the pursuit of his heart, his presence. And for me personally, that's where I am again in this Christmas time. Lord, do not let me, it's great, I love a lekker vakantie, nee, I can't wait for you, hallelujah. But Lord, will your presence be there? Will I have more time to pursue your presence? Yes, here it is my gebed. Because in your presence is where I find and have my being in Jesus' name. I want to know Christ. What are we hungry for? I don't know what your pursuit is for 2023, but I feel like the way that this world is going, I cannot afford to not know and experience the presence of God. 
I just cannot. And I feel like there's many people in here. I know that when I talk to our team, when I talk to people that we do life with, I know that's the heart's cry of many people in our community. And I want to encourage our church. Let's go into 2023. Let's prepare our hearts over Christmas to seek his presence like never before. To become a people of his presence where I'm going ahead of myself, but that we would be known for the presence of God. Our heart's desire as a church, Johannes and I, is not to make this building so beautiful that it's a beautiful place for people to come, but not experience the presence of God. Our heart's cry is that when people come into this church, when kids come into that children's church, when people drink a cup of coffee, they are overwhelmed with the love of the Father. They are overcome with the presence of the Lord. That the Holy Spirit is so thick and tangible in this place that you just set your foot in the parking lot and healing manifests in your body in Jesus' name. The roles to stand for I'm like, that is... That is our heart's cry. That is what we're desiring, and that is the God that we serve. That's why Jesus came. Amen? Is anyone else excited about that? Is anyone else hungry for that this morning? Come on, Yere, Fatun's door. Okay, number three. Time in God's presence gives us the ability to change the spiritual atmosphere around us. So many times this year we spoke about the spiritual atmosphere. We spoke about walking in our authority, walking in our anointing. And there's this beautiful story in Acts, last scripture, and then we're going to end with communion this morning. Let's have a look at Acts 4 verse 13. Now Peter and, and some of the apostles, they were arrested by the Sanhedrin because of the miracles and the signs and the wonders and the things that they were doing in Jesus' name. And... Then they were released because they kept on preaching the word of God with boldness. They kept on testifying about Jesus with boldness. Don't miss this. The team's just getting ready for communion, but don't miss this. It says, now then when they saw the boldness and unfettered eloquence of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and untrained in the schools, in other words, common men with no educational advantages, they marveled. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. There is something about spending time in the presence of God that when you come out of that tent of meeting, like the Old Testament spoke of, when you come out of that place of the presence of God, you are oozing with His Holy Spirit. You're oozing with that anointing. And people will recognize that we have been with Jesus. That is my heart's prayer for my own journey, Lord. Do not even let us be pastors and we are not oozing with the presence of God because otherwise what are we busy with? Amen. There is an anointing that God wants to release on your life. There is something that God has called you to do that only you can do. There are people that you are called to influence for the kingdom of God that only you can reach. Johannes and I or anyone working here can never reach them. But God has placed you supernaturally in a place to reach those people. But what do we need? We need the presence of God to help us to walk in that anointing in Jesus' name. The apostles spent great deals of time in prayer and in God's presence, and people recognized it. When they prayed, the buildings shook. That's what it means when we pursue the presence of God, and it is available to you and me every single day of our life. Our home might not be shaking, but you can know, your heart can know in your situation, in whatever position you are in right now, whatever circumstance you are facing, 
God wants to be God with you, Emmanuel, to you in that situation. Amen? Do you believe that for yourself this morning? Do you believe that that is God's heart for you and me? Do you believe that that is God's heart for our children? Let me tell you, our children need the presence of God in this crazy world today. The sickening stories I'm hearing of what's happening in schools and different things, challenging our children, what they are going to be facing. We need to teach them how to go into the presence of the Lord with boldness in Jesus' name. That is the great gift of Christmas, that we have access to the God with us every single day. I'm going to ask the team to put up a song for us, and then I'm going to ask the welcome team to hand out the communion. And I want us to listen to a little bit of this song, just a little bit until the chorus, and it will give them time to just hand out communion. And then I'm going to come up, and I'm going to lead us into a specific prayer, and then we're going to end this morning's service. Thank you, team. And so this morning, I want you to just close your eyes in this moment before I lead us into a prayer. Tim, can put just that communion slide up for us, please. And, you know, when we come into the presence of the Lord and we come into a place where we receive communion, it's actually a place where we come to the table of the Lord where we come to the table of the Lord in the same way where you would have dinner with someone. You spend time in their presence. You spend time face to face with them. And this morning, we want to spend time with the King. And Jesus is inviting us to this table of communion with Him this morning. And so we know that Jesus... Sorry, maybe, Tim, if I can just ask that we close that door for just a second when you're done there. Thank you. I just really want this to be a, a, a time where we're not disturbed or distracted. This is really an important time in the Lord's presence. I feel like there's something specific that God wants to release this morning over all of us. And so when we take communion, it's never an idea to just do a ritual that we know we need to do or the first Sunday of every month we receive communion. This is something that you and I can do every single day, whenever we feel led to do it. Whenever we want to come into the Lord's presence, we can do it. And it's something that the Lord wants us to come with Him, to Him in faith and expectation. And so this morning, I want to remind us of the bread and of the juice and the symbols of what it represents. And we know that the bread, Jesus said, when we take the bread and we can go to that bread slide, this is my body, which is for you. And so the bread, we know that it symbolizes the broken body of Jesus. He was born as a baby to come and dwell among us. And then he lived his life on earth to come and manifest the Father and the Father's presence to us. And then he went to the cross and he died on that cross and his body was broken and beaten to a place of not being recognizable so that we could receive healing and wholeness, so that we can receive restoration. And this morning, I want to pray a prayer with all of us. And I want to encourage you, when you do communion at home, do the same thing. Don't just receive it, but when we receive the bread, remind our hearts what this bread represents. 
and remind ourselves of what it is that we have access to because of the broken body of Jesus. And I want us to, as you hold the bread in your hand, I want us to out loud pray this prayer together. There are four points on the screen in yellow. And I want us to just pray this together. Let's start with number one. Jesus. I'm going to pray it with you so we can read it together. Jesus, thank you for your body that was broken for us. Today, we agree with your word and receive your healing grace over our bodies. By your stripes, we are healed, spirit, soul, and body. We speak your healing grace over those we know who are sick. And we speak healing and full restoration over their bodies in Jesus' name. And I want you, as you receive the bread now, to just think about someone in your life that is maybe sick. Someone in your life that needs the healing power of Jesus manifest in their bodies. And just in your own words, in your own heart, you can pray for them. of the juice, we know that the juice represents the blood of Jesus. And Jesus said, this is my new covenant with you, my blood that was shed for you, for you to be reconciled with the Father, for you to be completely forgiven and restored. And this morning, I want us as we, there's another slide with the juice, before we receive the juice together, I want us to pray the following. Pray what the blood of Jesus represents this morning. Why don't you just read after me again? Jesus, thank you for your blood that was shed for us so we can be reconciled to the Father. The blood of Jesus sets me free. I receive your forgiveness and mercy today. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We pray for the salvation of our families today. Give them a heart to know you, Lord. Draw them closer to you. And I wanna pray that as you receive the juice this morning, I want you to in your heart or out loud, however you wanna do it, bring to the Lord's remembrance anyone in your life who is far away from the Lord. Anyone that you believe needs a supernatural touch from the King himself. There are people in my life that I've been praying for a long time and I'm not going to stop. Jesus is with us. Jesus is for us. And it is his heart for his children to be in the kingdom. Amen. So why don't we pray and we just bring them before the Lord this morning. Thank you, Father.
thank you, Lord Jesus, that we can take a moment to come into your presence this morning. That we can come to your table and sit with you and receive communion with you. And to be reminded in our own hearts, Lord, that we are never, ever alone. The King of the universe, Emmanuel, is with us. And not only, Lord, are you with us, but you are for us. And Lord, this morning, in this moment, in this moment of just coming together as your church, as your children, Lord, we want to ask this morning, Father God, that as we receive that bread this morning that symbolized your body, Jesus, that was broken for us, Lord, we want to declare healing in every single body in this room in the name of Jesus. Lord, we want to declare life and restoration over everyone that we know that is facing a diagnosis, that is facing an illness, that maybe even felt too sick to come to church this morning. Lord, we want to name them by name, and we want to pray for them, and we want to ask for your healing grace to come over them this morning in Jesus' name. And Lord, as we received the juice that represents your blood, Lord, your blood shed for us, this new covenant of grace that we have in you. We want to pray for the salvation of those that we know, Lord. And we want to pray for our family members who do not serve you, who do not know you. Those who maybe served you at one stage, but Lord, they have, they have just lost their way. The world have just come into into the way. Lord, we pray that through the precious Holy Spirit, Lord, that you would touch them right where they are. Lord, that you would draw them closer to you. Lord, and we want to speak life over our families. We want to speak life and fullness and restoration over our marriages. Lord, we want to pray that this Christmas season, Lord, would not just be a time where we do the normal family gatherings and we we eat and we are merry, although that's beautiful, Lord. But we want to pray that it will be a time of your presence like we've never known before. I pray that it will be a different Christmas this year. I pray that it will be a Christmas and a time that you would set us up and you would position us for an incredible 2023, Lord, in your presence. It doesn't matter what our circumstances are going to be like. When we are going to know how to enter your presence, Lord, that is the place of protection. That is the place of joy. That is the place of peace that we want to live from. And so I want to pray that this morning. I want to pray your blessing. I want to pray your protection over everyone in our church community, over everyone in our church family, even those who are not here this morning. Lord, may you take us from strength to strength and glory to glory. And we want to thank you this morning for your son, Jesus. Thank you that we can remind our hearts of this story and of the fruit that we get to live out every single day in your presence. Thank you, Father. May your presence lead us into this next year. And if your presence doesn't go before us, Lord, do not let us depart from this place. We love you so much, Lord. Teach us how to live and operate from that place. Thank you that you will manifest yourself to us in ways that we can never ask, think, or imagine. As we continue to pursue you, as we continue to make you our number one desire and pursuit. We love you so much, Jesus. And everyone said, Amen.